Hello and welcome to this week's special episode of the Nesson Dorma Draft. Oh, Rob's disappeared immediately. It's <laughs> a good start. Did you go to press mute and then actually just take yourself off the fucking call? Yeah. Hello and welcome to this week's special episode of the Nesson Dorma Draft. The prevailing wisdom is that a World Cup for it to be special needs the host nation involved as long as possible. Maybe cricket has different rules to football. We're going back 24 years to 1999, the seventh Cricket World Cup. Cricket came home and then it showed the host how it should maybe be done to through that World Cup in our own special way by selecting players under the pressure of the draft. Rob Smythe is here as always. How are we, Rob? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well. I'm actually feeling um, completely um, free of pressure because I'm, I'm not <laughs> um, competing today, as, as it were, just purely hosting. Um, we have two special guests with us. The, the, the UK editor of Crick Info, Andrew Miller, is here. Good afternoon, Andrew. Oh, Martin, I'm very, very pleased to be here. This is all, all very exciting. It is exciting. It is exciting. And formerly of Wisden, but now I think he's got a proper job. It's uh, Jonathan Hungeon. How are we, Jonathan? Very well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Okay, dokey. Um, Rob, 24 years. We're in the midst of a Cricket World Cup at the moment that maybe isn't quite catching the attention, certainly not um, on these shores. Mm. Uh, the quality of the, the television production is, is is pretty dreadful it doesn't seem that we've moved 24 years on from from 99 um england were, were, were poor but the crowds were big from memory and it, it seemed like a really engrossing contest especially as it as it went on right to the final because those semi-finals and final were um superb from what i can remember anyway as someone who's just excited that scotland were, were there for the first time <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it kind of it, it gathered momentum and kind of got better when England went out, I guess. There were, I mean, there were flaws. Miller will probably remember this better. The opening ceremony was an absolute shambles with a redefined damp squid, but it was a really good tournament. And the semi-final, I still think, is the greatest ODI ever played. I do think it's better than 2019, just because 2019 was the best finish, but actually was an average game for a while. Mm. Uh, and there were loads of brilliant performances across the tournament individually, uh, within games, but also across the whole thing. Um so yeah, so I, I don't know if it's the best World Cup and who cares, but I think it's it's up there definitely, and it's certainly better than the um, shambles that's unfolding as I speak in India. Yeah. <laughs> Although it might Andrew, get better by the time this is, sorry, I was, it might get better by the time this comes out anyway. Well, well, who knows? Uh, yeah, Andrew, where does this sit in the, 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 the pantheon of World Cups, and as, is it determined then by the end, by those knockout games and and the, the jeopardy that's that's there? I think it's it's a really difficult one to judge as an England fan because obviously it is it's probably you know this tournament I think will actually peak peak England cock ups at World Cup but 2009 as as a as a whole for England was utterly dreadful as 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 mentioned the opening opening ceremony was a shambles England went out without reaching the the, the super super sixes uh, um, they didn't even get the World Cup song out on time everything <laughs> they could have done went wrong. But if you take it in in isolation and leave aside the fact that England were rubbish, you look at where the world game was at that moment. I would say the world the world game, world international cricket game, has never been better than it was around that period. Mm. If you think about it, um, West Indies were 
you know, everyone worries about the decline of West Indies. They're not even at this tournament. But West Indies were still recently the greatest team that ever walked the earth. It was still, they still had Brian Lara and co. They still had Kurt, Kurtley Ambrose, Courtney Walsh. Australia weren't quite the world champions that they would turn out to be in a few years' time. And obviously they had a really tough time to get through. New Zealand did what New Zealand do. Zimbabwe had a great team. Oh, I mean, yeah. even, even Zimbabwe had, you know, Andy Flower and Neil Johnson, guys like that, who we'll have to talk about later. Sri Lanka were the reigning champions. South Africa hadn't had their match fixing crisis yet, so they were still they were still new and exciting, and no one was uh, they didn't have all the terrors of World Cups to, to come along now. And Pakistan were probably the dominant team in Asia, and India were still a rising force. So if you look at it like that, compared to what we've got now, where basically we're at a World Cup where basically all that matters is India winning it, and who cares about <laughs> the other teams? Um, you can't beat the the balance of those those teams in that tournament. Even Bangladesh, obviously, you know they 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 beat Pakistan and went on to get test test status. There was a there was an optimism about the state of international cricket, whereas now uh, I'm less less optimistic about it, to put it mildly. Those are the teams, then, Jonathan. Then it's absolutely right. It really was quite a a good spread, which makes for a good competition. But we're here to talk about players. You're here to select players and and, and get them sure. in and, and, and get the the best eleven that captures this particular summer is there a particular position that you're worried about we only have three today we usually have four um but even with three is, is it a position that you think might be a wee bit under represented well there was talk of the wicketkeeping category being quite it's, weak it's not great it's not great at all i mean there are great but, players like gilkerson stewart but they didn't have great tournaments no, it's true. Yeah, I guess wicketkeeping would be the one. I was having, a, you know, obviously looking back. I was, I was saying to to Rob, it's funny that he decided to do this this, this week because only last week I was trying to re repick my England squad. I'm that sad that what I often do is go back through past <laughs> and repick England squads as to what they should have been based on hindsight. And uh, yeah. Yeah, and text me, and then we go back and forth all evening. Exactly, and I was actually repicking England's 99 squad, because I still think United's a big missed opportunity. I just wanted to just add to what Miller said. is that The other thing about the teams being a good spread and very competitive, what I remember is all the major teams came into the World Cup in form. That was the other big thing, is that often in recent World mm. Cups, certain teams are on the way down, they're a bit desperate. You know, even in 2019, there weren't that many of the big teams in great form going in. It was only really England felt they only had to beat Australia and India to win it. Obviously, New Zealand ended up being obviously the the, the the big team to compete with. But in 99, from what I remember, all the big boys went into the World Cup thinking they could win it. Pakistan especially. I remember thinking, wow, what a yeah, side. Yeah. India, England, even England. I know that we may touch on the fact they had that shambolic charge at warm-up. But England actually, one day-wise, had had a good winter in Australia. You know, they'd really found some players in form and they, they were at home. They felt they had the attack. So I just felt it was one of those tournaments that everybody was in, was on the up going into it and that and Sri Lanka were probably the only team not because obviously they had a great victory in 95-6 they were the only one I remember of the big boys who might not be who didn't go in thinking they were in good shape so that was what also mm. I thought contributed to a, a pretty decent tournament in the end mm. yeah it certainly was right let's get going um you will see there is a a draft order randomizer on your screen it's an alphabetical order at the moment I'm going to press a button that well it may not change that but um here we go and it oh. didn't, Jonathan. Well, it did. Jonathan uh, is up first, then Andrew, then Rob, who whose luck right. is back to being uh, <laughs> terrible and uh, propping up the the, the the end of this draw. Unlike the football, I'll, where I'll cross I, off one and Clusner, shall I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike the football, where I compel um, our 
uh, guests to set a formation out and hell mend them. That's what they have to to, to live by. We're going to um, going to allow a little bit of flexibility here. That if you, if you wish to move people up and down the order as we go, then you <laughs> can do. Uh, but Jonathan, you have the full board um, in front of you. Right. Well, tempted by Henry Alonga, but uh, <laughs> just for it, I'll probably go with Lance Kuzner. Yes, thank you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and where uh, provisionally, where where do you want them in your team at the moment? You can change, of course. Well, I'm, I'll put him down at seven, I guess, in the order right now. Obviously, being the ultimate floater that Kuzner was, but uh, yeah, he'll start off at seven. I mean, it's just got. It, it has to be said though. That you, you look at the stats of that <laughs> tournament, and Lance Kuzner's numbers. Utterly preposterous in, in a tournament where everyone, you know, strike rates weren't even a thing in mm. 1999. No one really cared about strike rates. It was, it was still, it was still weight of runs that that counted, which is why, you know, I, I dare say we'll see some of the big hitters or or big presences coming out in the draft rather than big hitters. But I mean, there he is, his strike rate 122, which is, you know, that's that's, that's above what Josh Butler, for instance, has in in ODI cricket, and no one else of any note above 100 strike rate in the entire tournament it's what he was doing was completely unheard of in 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 the sport and uh utterly memorable i i did a quick look into this um last 10 overs of an innings he averaged 228 with a strike rate of 163 in this tournament that is, <laughs> and obviously that includes the worst moment of his career the run out um against australia but yeah it was extraordinary wasn't it just those thuggish belts through the offside just he looked he looked unstoppable until uh yeah well we until know he was. <laughs> yeah. yeah and he looked like he looked, he looked like robocop mentality yeah he exactly. completely, that semi-final I, I remember thinking obviously prior to the famous run out when he hit the two fours there were good deliveries from fleming and he dug i remember thinking i've never seen anything like this <laughs> it's just crushed do you think if they needed four to win and not one, they'd have won? I think they would. Yeah. I think you can beg, steal, or borrow a run. And they kind yeah. of made, they started to think then. Whereas mm. if you need another four, you probably would have just lasered it again. I agree. Um, I mean, who knows? But yeah, yeah. extraordinary but, uh, tournament. And also, it, actually, yeah. don't forget his bowling in this tournament. It's worth a quick mm. quite. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he took something yeah. like 12, 15 wickets, I think. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, perfect conditions for him. Perfect time of year for Clusen's bowling. I never really—it's interesting. Clusen's bowling, I always no, thought, I, was always a, in Test cricket, especially, could be pretty insipid. But in this but World I, Cup, in this format, brilliant. I've just had a look: seventeen to twenty-one as well mm. wickets, and the top wicket takers twenty. So, yeah, I mean, outrageous, really. Oh, good job he's in my eleven then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andrew, um, is there potentially a? a, a, a streak of blonde hair um coming down, <laughs> coming down your way as you you make your yeah pick. it'd be it'd be rude not to wouldn't it shane warren's got to be my pick um i would have gone for clues in the first simply because he was he did something that no one else had done but shane warren did what he always does and and that is proof that there is no such thing as a lost cause and when you got him in your in your lineup you will win from any position i mean he'd, he'd had a he'd had a a preview of that in the 1996 World Cup semi-final when um, when he when he floored uh, West Indies uh, in a, in remarkably similar circumstances. Actually, a, a match that they that Australia had no right to win, and then obviously come that come that semi-final, he he goes into overdrive and then gets another four wickets in the final. 
Um, I mean, the, the caveat, of course, with Warren is he came into the tournament in shocking form. He'd been dropped for the first time in his life in the Caribbean. Uh, he, he, Steve War, and he um, never really spoke again after that. After that, you know, slight. But you know, his shoulder was his shoulder was falling off. Um, he was not. He was not the bowler he had been in, in that extraordinary arrival five years earlier. But that will to win uh, was second to none. And and obviously that, that performance in the semi-final, uh, not just the four wickets, but the timing of them and with that Herschel Gibbs delivery in particular, basically aping the, the ball of the century delivery, an even better delivery in many ways, precisely because he was not the bowler he had been. His shoulder was not designed to produce such vicious rip and drift and all the rest of it, but he got it anyway. So yeah, you, you, I mean, having him in my team, I'm very happy with that. I, I, I as you say, I, I, I had noted down those two as my first two picks. So I'm very glad to get one of them. So it's physically not the same, but in the minds of opponents, has he changed this, this feeling that when the moment arrives, that he's still out of all the players represented at that, that that competition, able to just do something. And how often did he speak about it? That it was it was a almost like a con artist at times. You're you're just playing games with um, the, the 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 man in front of you and and trying to get in his head. And he he also came through at those kind of clutch moments. And that's why you keep him around. I guess is why you keep. Athletes like that, and use athletes maybe a wee bit stretch with, with, with Shane, but um, you, 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 guys like that can still come up. Uh, yeah, uh, where do you want them, Andrew? I will put in provisionally at eight. Yeah. Um, I think uh, obviously wriggle room depending on how many all rounders I pick, but um, he could bosh it too. He was he was he was bloody mm. handy man to have that in the order. Um, very handy man to have full stop. So thank you very much. Leading, well, joint leading with kit taker Rob. He was, yeah, with someone who I better not Jeff name. Allen. All right, then, go on, man. Um, yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, and just another quick thing. I mean, most people know this, but I think this is such a brilliant story and sums up Warren's cricket brain. The night before the first South Africa game, he said to everyone, If you get caught by Gibbs, don't walk because he tosses it up. And then the next day, they all laughed at him, basically. They could barely laugh anymore if he said, look, in 10 years' time, I'll be going out with Liz Hurley. Um, <laughs> and then the next day, obviously, we know what happened. War was caught by Gibbs, who tried to flick it up, dropped it, and we know the rest. So just the most extraordinary. Cricket. One other thing, in the semi-final, his first spell, which turned the whole game, I think it was eight overs, four men, three for 12. But in that time, South Africa didn't hit a boundary at either end. It was almost like they were so mesmerised by him. Um, yeah. yeah, I just think he's just the greatest, isn't he? greatest psychologist yeah. probably who ever played cricket yeah anyway rob you have two goes now yeah to having, make up for the fact you don't have um the, the two star men of the two but such you know nice having said such nice things about shay warren i'll pick steve war who he hated um yeah <laughs> um second highest run score in the tournament played was it probably the defining innings of the tournament maybe the, his 120 against south africa when in the first game, when Australia had to win or they were out and they were in big trouble, they'd lost early wickets. Mm. South Africa were, looked unbeatable apart from a kind of a weird game against Zimbabwe. And he kind of, for, for an hour, he kind of played like someone else. He was slog sweeping fast bowlers. There was the Gibbs internet. It was something like his record was something like 128 50s in ODIs. And they were, just, they were sledging about it. And of course, when it absolutely mattered, like Warren, the, the greater the pressure, the more likely to perform. Also made a really good 50 in the semi-final when they were in trouble. 
uh, average eighty overall, captain. Even just little things like their fight back kind of starts. They lost to New Zealand and then to Pakistan. But towards the end of the Pakistan game, I think he kicked Shoei Bakhtar or something, or, or Shoei Bakhtar kicked him maybe. Or so, but it kind of I think that kind of got the whole kind of juices going, and that was where the fight back started. So he'll bat number five. Um, and because there were only two good spinners in the tournament, I might as well uh, throw Punjab under the bus and pick the other one. Um, Sakhalin <laughs> Bushtak, who took 17 wickets to Pakistan. I think nobody else, apart from Warren and Saki, took double figures. So good luck with that, John. Um, and took a hat trick against Zimbabwe. was just like everyone said, that that Pakistan attack was fantastic. Just had everything mm-hmm. you wanted, really. Spin it both ways. Um yeah, just a just a fantastic bowler at that time, particularly in ODI cricket. So he'll bat probably nine-ish. Wasn't that great a certainly not a great a one-day batsman. So yeah, Sacklane and Mushtak for me, please. No worries. So Steve Wall and Sacklane um in the hutch. Uh back to Andrew, who's gonna join. Shane. Yeah. So I I might go a bit left field here. Um, going on the fact that England, that sorry, that the tournament in general didn't have many informed wicket keepers, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a fast one and pick Rahul Dravid and make him keep. Oh, interesting. Uh, because Rahul Dravid, um, now it, it may seem it may seem like a waste. I mean, obviously he was the tournament leading run scorer with 461 runs anyway, and and an indisputable great regardless. Mm. But. He kept in 73 ODIs, and he, in fact, he started keeping around this time. I'm just trying to pull he out the... He kept in uh, one game this tournament, definitely. He did, didn't he? That's right. Yeah, he, yeah, he certainly did. I think it might have it might have been the start of some start of something that they they thought, that's an experiment worth worth playing with here. And um, and so, you know, played 344 matches. So it wasn't as if it was a regular keeper. But yeah, you're right. It was Taunton, Sri Lanka game. He got 145 and kept wicket. So, I mean, you know, that that is... Uh, proof of the pudding that he could do both roles in fact he averaged 44 as a keeper as opposed to 39 uh, as an overall player uh, excluding keeping so i'm getting him in there I'm, I'm i'm pulling a fast one i mean with respect to adam gilchrist i mean for all he got 50 in the final and he was clearly the the, the greatest keeper of the time he didn't have a great tournament in keeping with mm. the australia's slow build into that into that um, winning form winning form so um yeah we'll go with uh, go with him I always remember some uh, ahead of the 2001 Ashes when Gilchrist was coming to England for the first time in a test series. I remember some chat about, oh, he hadn't batted well in the 99 World Cup in English conditions. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's the edge for England, and we all know what happened in 01 with Gilchrist. So uh, that, uh, that theory worked. Although, yeah. although it worked in 05, so there's, there's <laughs> yeah, something <yeah>. about it. <laughs> a few years later, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, and it's six of them all. Do you want to oh. move? Down? I think he was three in this tournament, was he? I don't know. I mean, you can have where you like, obviously. But... Yeah, yeah, I'll have him at three. That's, that, that works okay. for me. He actually he had a strike rate of 85, which in 99 is very good. I mean, obviously helped by beating up Kenya, I'd imagine, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but most, thing, most things did. John, I think you have two to go, so... Uh, sure, I'm going to go keeping the Indian theme up. I'm going to go with uh, Rahul's big mate, Saurav Ganguly. Okay, okay. Uh, opening... Good question. I've got a feeling he might have been at three in this. No, he was, did he open? Yeah, he opened. Dravid was three. So he got that huge 180 against Sri Lanka. Um, yeah, and he got a run against South Africa. And also got, I think he got three for when they put England out as well. 
I don't know where, how, <laughs> how well that reflects on anyone, but he's a useful change bowler. Yeah, I'm just picking him because out of all the big names of that era, he was obviously, I mean, it's crazy to say he was the least heralded with a test, with average well into the 40s in all formats. But obviously compared to the, the Tendulkas of Saywaste Dravids, Ganguly never really, I felt, got the appreciation for his batting because he was no. an unbelievable player. So also he was just the best wind-up merchant in cricket. <laughs> so he's he's got he's to be in there opening the bag for me, yeah. So one one or two then. Oh, we'll pencil uh, oh just put him in at one. Yeah, fine, fine. I'm sure he'll take strike happily. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> and your second pick. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be a patriotic. I'm gonna have Darren Goff. Oh, fair play. Hmm. Uh, Goffy was sensational around this time, uh, in all formats, but especially one day cricket. And look. He was let down. Him, him, Malali. I mean, I don't, I don't really have much sympathy with Malali's, <laughs> but uh, I do have him. Him and Goff were sensational in this World Cup, opening up for England. They were. I, I remember seeing um, a really, a real, an interview with Adam Malali at the end of the tournament where he said him and Goffy had sat down earlier that year and said we're going to be the best white ball opening partnership in the world, and they could have been. If England had gone further that World Cup, they they could have been. So, um, but yeah, brilliant at the death as well. I had a look at his stats at death. Last ten overs in this tournament, he took eight wickets and average of seven and a half. Um, yeah, now he was one of the ones, one of the few who kind of you couldn't really blame him for it, could you? Mm. For England being a that complete fiasco, a mess. Yeah, even that absolutely shambolic performance at Lords v South Africa, which start, you know really killed our net run rate. He was brilliant that day. The Yorker, you know, he yes, bowled exactly. superbly against a brilliant team and probably the best team at the World Cup. Obviously, they didn't win it, but Goff was sensational that day. I thought, I thought really, really. Uh, what, so. Where are you penciling him in at the moment? Uh, put him in at ten, actually, because he was, you know, he's still relatively useful at that point with the bat. Okay, Ganguly, Klusner, and Goff. Andrew, who's going to join Warm and Dravid? Right, well, I've got a batsman, a wicketkeeper, and a spinner, so I need a quick. I am going to go for Wazim Akram. Mm. I, I, obviously, as a batsman as well, he was bloody handy. Um, but as as the as the greatest left armour of all time uh, and the winner of the 1992 final. Um, he was he was gold dust. I mean, he was arguably outshone by Shoaib Akhtar because Shoaib's speed was preposterous. Uh, but you know, he was quality. I think he got fifteen wickets in the tournament, including four for when um, when when they turned over Australia at Headingley, which was huge. That was that was you know that was the moment that that really pushed Australia to the trapdoor. And um, you know, if he'd re- replicated that performance in the final, uh, we'd have a different story, wouldn't we? But um, he didn't, but that's another story. Um, but no, he, he's he's the greatest of his breed uh, that's ever been. And um, I'm putting him at nine, please. No problem at all. He was also arguably at his peak as captain at that point as well. He was sensational. It's a good point. I'm, I, haven't, I haven't even thought about my captain. I might give yeah. it to Warren, you know, but I'll, I'll come to that <laughs> later. That's a hell of a, hell of a yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> but I, Pakistan, Pakistan, I just remember up until the final, were just serene at that World Cup as a team, as a squad. And Wasim just seemed to have complete control. There, you know, no, there's nothing going on in the background, as far as yeah. I'm aware anyway. And I just thought, as, a, <laughs> as a Pakistan captain, Wazim as well was that was he was he was at the top of his game at that point. It's a, it's a good point. Even the Bangladesh defeat, which would become such a big thing, actually at the time didn't really derail them at all. Um, yeah, shame they made a mess in the final. But anyway, okay, Rob, 
yeah, double dip no, for I, you. Yeah, I'm going to have as my opener Neil Johnson of Zimbabwe. Ooh. So I love tournaments where a kind of good to very good player just has the best four weeks of their career. Uh, and this mm. was probably his. Um, so his, his numbers, they're not quite clues, but they're not far away. 52 with a bat, 19 with a ball. I think he took 12 or 13 wickets. Scored a fantastic 100 against Australia. 1-3-2 not out when he took Warren to the cleaners. And that was when Warren was at his lowest ebb, really. It was just before the when things started to turn. Um, and he also blew the tournament open inadvertently by beating South Africa on his own. He scored 76 mm. and took three for 27. And that game... Everyone assumed South Africa would win because they'd thrashed everyone. That game kind of tipped the whole tournament upside down because then England and India thought they were playing for Super 6 points, but it turned out they were actually playing for uh, survival. And survival, yeah. to England. So, um, yeah, Johnson opened in that tournament, got like a, a really nice left-hander, decent decent seamer. Uh, yeah, I mean, 52 and 19, those numbers are, are ridiculous, really. Um, so I'll have him, and I'm not sure who else. I probably need a fast bowler as well. I think for all the kind of, and there were some spectacular fast bowlers in this tournament. I still think the best was the old, uh, the old Maverick Glenn McGrath, um, who, what was his name? Yeah, so he took 18 wickets, only one, and Alex took more. But it's more about again with McGrath as it was throughout his career. It's about the who he got and the when he got them. So yeah. the, the ball of the tournament was to Lara in a decider, the first group stage. It was Australia v West Indies. Mm-hmm. And he bowls Lara with a, possibly, yeah. He bowls him with a sensational yep. delivery. Then they go into the Super Six, knowing because the, the points were carried over from the teams who qualified. So yeah, Australia yeah. started the Super Six with no points, in case anyone doesn't remember. So they basically had to win. It was seven games in a row, like England in this tournament, but unlike England. They well, they won six and tied one, but we won't go into that. So anyway, the first game of the Super Six is India, and they have to win that as well. And immediately sorts Tenzilka out for a duck, and then he gets dravid. Um, yeah, and I just love that about McGrath. Getting like like war, like worn. Just you know, the bigger the moments, more the pressure, the more they were likely to deliver. So he'll do, and yes, he will definitely bat number eleven. <laughs> yeah, I thought that. Was, I didn't like this <laughs> one, but yeah, uh, I thought that would be fair. Just back on Zimbabwe, just how big a shock was that? It, I, I I think it shouldn't have been a shock because they were a good side. You know, the previous winter, mm. I think, or the winter before, they won a test series in Pakistan. But I think, and they'd already beaten India in this tournament, um, Henry Alonga's finest hour. I think it came as a shock, though, because it just kind of, no one had really paid attention to the idea that, I think it's because they were playing South Africa in particular. South Africa looked utterly terrifying at that point. Um, but, it, I mean, we spoke about it before, but so there were simultaneous games in theories in Barbara, South Africa, England, India. But what happened... England India was partially rained off and went to a second day. By then, Zimbabwe beat South Africa. But so on the morning of those games, the Guardian was offering tickets, a competition to win tickets for England Super Six games. But no one had even considered that it wouldn't happen, which in hindsight is ridiculous. So I, I don't know what you like to think. I don't think in hindsight it's that huge shock, really. Certainly not that Zimbabwe were good anyway. I mean, it was their best ever team in all formats, really. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It, it fell apart so quickly with, with the political yeah. situation out there that you kind of forget how good those players could have been if they stayed together. Mm. You know, the Flowers, Heath Streak, even 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 Strang, the leg spinner. You know, they got, yeah, they, got, they, got, they got all bases covered. Mm. Um, and so, you know, they, 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 could have, they could have been contenders, as, as, as we say. But, uh, yeah, it all went south pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah, shame. Uh, but the... Uh... They, they certainly made the most uh, of, of that tournament. Um, back to Andrew then, please. Right. So I've got 
various bases covered already, which is nice. But I think I need a middle order, and I am going to go for Michael Bevan, uh, um, just yeah. because, a bit like Klusner, he was doing something in that era that literally no one else could do, which is just be there, just survive and mm. trust the fact mm. that you will take it deep and you will win it uh, by doing so. Um, and also, in some ways, it, it gives balance to my my tail there because I've got Warren and Akram who were probably at their best counterattacking. They were, they were, they were given, given license to ping a few shots and, and bring, bring the rate down safe in the knowledge that Bevo's there just nudging the singles and, and being ice cold at the death. So gives it a bit of balance. I think um, attempts to look at my openers because obviously there's a bit of a hole there, but uh, I I'm, I'm comfortable again with the fact that, yeah, he was, he was different and no one at that stage had really at, amply replicated what he offered to to Australia's team. Good fielder as well. He ran out Cullinan in the semi, which was a really big moment. Mm. Um, yeah, at, at that time, he was just the greatest finisher we'd see, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I'll put him... His numbers look shit now, which is, I suppose you should stress that, but you can't stress enough at the time how good he was. How, yeah, let's this, say, this... take games deep. How many games he stole, they just shouldn't have won. Yeah, this is the thing. I mean, I, I was watching back the um, that, that great one-wicket win at Sydney against um, against West Indies. I did a yes. did a did a retro report on it during during COVID, <laughs> and it's extraordinary how how much of that was just made up on the hoof. I mean, in that final over, and I can't remember how many they needed, but they ran a single first ball to put Glenn McGraw back on strike. <laughs> I mean, it's just <laughs> mental. It was it wasn't it wasn't farming the strike in the conventional sense that you see now. It was just, I will do my thing to the best of my ability and the guys around me will just know that I'm here uh, rather than rather than actively protecting weaker batters and, and, and taking it deep in that sense. And then, of course, he, he takes two shots at getting the four, scuffs the first one and nails the second and, and, and he's a hero. But and the, the ability to have the techers just, just, to, just to trust yourself into the, into, the, into the depths of a game like that was, was something that, you know, pre-T20 chases just no one else had and the semi and also it was really good first innings working out a total so the semi-final everyone thinks of Warren and Klusner and Donald and Pollock and War top scorer in the game was of course Michael Bevan absolutely mm. where's yeah, it going then Andrew at the moment I I will provisionally put him at five possibly six well, I'll put him at five for the moment just depending on what I where I go elsewhere okay okay uh two for you then Jonathan <laughs> Uh, sure. So I'm going to pick uh, Mark Waugh to go in at two to open with Saurav, and I'm going to have Moen Khan coming in at ah, six. six. Oh, nice. So actually, I think Rob was trying to sell us a bit of a dummy this week about saying none of the keepers had a good time. Yeah, he's the only <laughs> one. Moen Khan, I was, uh, also, I was actually at this, the, I went to a couple of games of 99, and I was at the Australia, the great Australia-Pakistan uh, group game at Headingley. And I remember Moen Khan batted superbly down the order there. And it's interesting because he only got 150, but he actually got over 200 runs, averaging 34. So he was, I, I, look at his yeah. stroke, he was the best death hitter in the tournament, Bar yeah. Kuzner. Yeah. I, I yeah. remember him leg glance. He had a leg glance. I, th I think it was off McGrath heading the way. He leg glanced him for six in the later overs. And it was an astonishing shot. And no one had really seen it from Moen Khan. He was eternally battling Rashid Latif in the 90s for the spot. And <laughs> from what I remember, Rashid Latif was considered the more expansive player. And But Moen Khan really transformed himself around. Yeah, so. Thir 31 not out from 12 in that innings. Uh, two, two fours, three sixes. I mean, that, that, again, those are those are numbers. Strike rate of 258, which, again, no one cared about strike rates in those days, right. except when they were extraordinary yeah, he, like that. He was also a scrapper. There's a very funny yeah, story yeah. in Pring Pringle's book. I won't relate to it because it involves a very bad word being used a few times, but from the 92 <laughs> final, basically, 
Um, yeah. Cool. I'm going to have the mowing card at six, if that's right. Oh, of course. Thank you. I think the clues um, are, it might end up with clues and six, mowing card and seven. I can see them six, swapping around. Six is way better than the final, actually. You've got a really important six off 12 balls. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm really bitter because I didn't think anyone would pick him up. Yeah. <laughs> I if I hadn't been at the game, I, would, I just remember that shot he played. He played one of the most astonishing shots I saw from McGraw. I've never seen anybody. I think he, I think one of those sixes that Miller's just mentioned was a leg glance off GP for six. Yeah. I the thing is, that 31 off 12 means nothing to us now, but in 99 oh, against Australia, I mean, that you almost need like a, an inflation calculator for run rates to put Kind of what is 31 of 12 worth now? 31 of 8? I don't know. But anyway. Yes. Yeah, so, so often the, the, the tactics in the draft, no matter what the subject is, appears to be hoping that someone forgets someone that you yeah. you, you might want to pick up later on. It's not what for you, Rob. Um, Ganguly, Mark Wall, Moncan, uh, Lance Closner and Darren Goff. Starting to look pretty impressive. Jonathan, Andrew, you've got some decent players there as well who's joining them. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm either... Going opening bat or opening bowler at the moment. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for Side Amwar. I'm going to get um, get him up there. He was he was just again one of those one of those players who was ahead of his time. I mean he he well, he got 194 in one one ODI innings, which was just preposterous. It was like numbers that nobody believed were possible. And and again in a tournament that was really defined by depth of batting rather than speed of batting. Uh, he was an opener who would go as deep as as anyone in in the world in that day in that day and age, and um, and he was also a left-hander, which uh, always helps. Mm. Um, elegant upright left-hander, uh, quality player, um, and yeah, I'll uh, I'll slot him in at number one. Perfect. Two hundred in the tournament as well, including the mm. final. I think only Dravid and in fact that's your team, isn't it? Only Dravid and Saidamwell got two hundred. Yeah. Yeah, I kept that to yourself, Rob, to be honest. I know, um, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. far too honest. <laughs> <laughs> At least it means I can you... use my opener now and my wicket keeper, who may well be the same thing. Yeah. Anyway, you have uh, you have two to go, then, Rob. Oh, is it me? Okay. Let's see what nonsense I've written. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, right. Hang on. Yeah, I'm going to have poor old Jeff Allett then. No one wants him. Joint top wicket taker with Warm with 20. Um, weirdly, he's, I think he's better remembered of something he did earlier in the year in Test cricket, which was like take about score an eighty ball duck or something um, <laughs> when they were trying to avoid the follow on. But yeah, I mean, and also left armour, which is good. Um, uh, bowled very well, I think, when they beat Australia early in the group stage. They beat mm. quite handsomely in the first group stage. So yeah, he'll do. I like that. <laughs> I just realised how long my tail is, but we won't go into that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, left. <laughs> Funnily enough, he, I, he was he was the guy I was going to pick if I'd gone gone for gone for a bowler over Anwar. I, I, again, I thought I thought people would overlook him because he's a because he's a boring Kiwi. But uh, yeah, but yeah, joint top wicket taker. They were you know they, they were cheap wickets as well. So I think it was like twenty. So you know it was below twenty anyway. So yeah, left arm, right arm, that'll do. Don't worry. But it's weird. It's weird though, isn't it? I mean, again, a bit a bit a bit like the other things that people take for granted in the in this day and age is like the the notion of a left arm. Seema, no one yeah, really, funny. no yeah. one really cared about about angles in those days. A bit like when no. Ryan Sidebottom got called into England's T Twenty World Cup campaign and played a blinder in twenty ten. Yes, because he was a left armer, just doing something that no one else was offering. And it's like, You're, who's the best left arm we got? Ryan Sidebottom, go on then, win a World You're Cup. Right. It was it, 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 
Yeah, yeah Malali's Malali got picked because he was good. Yeah, but he got picked because he was good, and obviously he was a left armor. I don't. I think you're right. No one looked at it in that way until you're right. Although I, 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 I just cannot, I cannot recall a single delivery of Malali's that just wasn't swinging down the leg side. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, oh yeah, I just had a look at that actually. Twenty wickets at sixteen, so it was even cheaper than Warren. So we'll have that. Um, God, who else? Right, where are my shorts? Uh, everywhere. Um, <laughs> okay, open. I can leave. Okay, I'm gonna um, right. I am going to have hmm, I can't Jesus. I can't I was gonna have Fleming, but I can't bat number eight for God's sake. Um oh Lord any okay, I'm gonna have who can bat number eight? Mark Elam. <laughs> um, I can't believe no one's going for Chris Keynes. Yeah, I was thinking about him. Uh, God. Um, hang on. No, Gavin <laughs> Hamilton from. Uh, okay, yeah. I, no, I'm going <laughs> to have. I'm going to have Ricky Ponting number three because he didn't have an amazing tournament, but he was the second best number three by a mile behind Dravid. 336 runs. I think only Ponting and Dravid. Got more than 160 in that position, so good luck, John. Um, and he reached, I think he reached 20 in every single game, but didn't go on, which is really unlike Ponting. But he did make really important runs in the two South Africa games, and those games are probably the most important in the tournament. So, yes, he mm. will do it number three. And he's Ricky Ponting. He, was he under a bit of pressure? Get in there, just uh, maybe I don't off the pitch. think so. Oh, I, I think that, than... I'm, I'm not certain. I think that came the next winter, or was it the winter? Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. He was what he was at this stage, he wasn't established as the great test number three. Mm. Um, he was kind of in and out a bit. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure he had all that trouble in King's Cross, and from memory, that might have been 1990, but I'm not certain. Um, I may be misremembering that. He certainly wasn't, you know, he I think by that stage, he was a really important part of the one day team, but he wasn't. Mm. Became captain two years later, and that's when he started to um, ODI captain. That's when he started at the same time to become the test all-time great that we, we yeah, all yeah, love yeah. or most of us. But yeah, 20 so, in every game, that's pretty useful. And again, like important runs, that's the big thing with Punter and all my team, actually. You're going to need important runs. Yeah, but you know, plenty of wickets there. Um, back to Andrew then. Armour, Dravid, Bevan, Warren, and Akram, who is joining mm. that illustrious company. Again, I'm I'm torn between filling out the filling out my top order or working my bowlers. I'm I'm going to focus on my batting for the moment, and I think since no one's taken him, it's scandalous to overlook him. It's got to be Tendulkar. I mean, he is. It's easy to underestimate him. Weirdly. I think it's easy to underestimate him simply because he wasn't, you know, arguably Dravid was was greater in the clutch moments for India. And, and you know, he played an era when Australia had great batsmen all over the all over the shop. So, you know, you can you can overlook his contribution all you like. But I mean, in World Cups, he played six of them. He was immense on the world stage. In 1996, he, he, he scored runs for fun. 1999, he still averaged 42 I got. Uh, I think he missed one game because mm. his dad died, didn't he? But uh, you know, there he was. His strike rate of ninety as well, which again in this tournament was was light speed compared to the, the plodding that was going on elsewhere. And he was just, you know, the the pressure that he held on his shoulders for his twenty five year career with India basically hanging on his every shot. 
showed something about him that, that that few others have. And around that period, 1999, that, that end of the end of the end of the century era of Tendulkar was the best iteration of Tendulkar by a distance. Uh, so I'll I'll get it in there with a Indo Pak top order. It's um, uh, quite quite tasty. Do you know that more than half his runs in the World Cup were scored against Kenya? Um, well, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm ignoring that. I'm ignoring that point. But you know, it's it's still, it's still in terms of in terms of who he was and what he represented yeah. in that era. He was he was monstrous. And I'll I'll have an opening, please. There was one really along, alongside Ambo. No problem. He got he got a really important forty-five and a low scoring win over Pakistan. And of course, he always got runs against Pakistan, didn't he? Yes. Okay, that's looking good. Uh, Jonathan, then you have a double. Okay, uh, cool. I'm going to go for Alan Donald uh, to go in at 11, um, just to help open the bowling. Well, actually, he'd like to go on change to me, of course, uh, with the white ball. Um, batting, I'm torn here between so, <laughs> the the, uh, the most famous man of the tournament, Herschel Gibbs, or uh, Roger Toos here with an astonishingly Ooh, good hello. record here. I do remember Roger Toos being very useful. I think, I think... He, was he the guy who guided them to victory over Australia potentially yeah, in the group he did. game? He did. Quite yeah, a good did. chase. But Gibbs got more runs, obviously twos at a higher average, and Gibbs got a hundred. I mean, Gibbs, <laughs> it's such a shame for him that drop catch because he was in the game itself. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he got runs in that last group game, the Australia, and he did set Australia off like a train in there, you know, in the in the semi-final. So I'm actually gonna go on. I'm gonna go Herschel Gibbs and I'm gonna put him at three. I think he, he deserves it. Okay. Yeah, it's starting to it's starting to heat up a little. Back to Andrew. Are you going to go to the balls then, Andrew? Right. I am torn between everything, but I I've got a real Indo Pak flavour in my team, so I, I might as well take Shoah uh, because he was lightning. Um, and yeah, he the, again just just in terms of the. The raw speeds that that he produced and and the, and the shock factor of his arrival on the international stage because he 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 burst onto the scene that previous winter I think against South Africa, um, but he was I mean you look at the I think Cricketvo's got a list of the fastest fastest deliveries of the tournament and I mean he's top five and then then there's then there's daylight um, mm. he he was a extraordinary point of difference weapon and you know right arm left arm with with Akram as well and. And Warney to spin it. I'm I'm quite happy with that um, that attack. That uh, that would um, put the put the fear of God up most teams. I reckon. And anyone who hasn't yeah, seen his, his York at Steam Fleming in the semi final is extraordinary. It's worth looking up. Okay. Yes, it's in my mind's eye now. You mention it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's looking nice, Rob. Herschel Gibbs was going to be my opener because he opened in the tournament, Jonathan, and I wasn't gonna, uh, I thought I could leave that till the end. Um, to- I'm playing total cricket at my 11. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah. You know, the bat- anyway, Kalusna might come in at three. Okay, um, number four, I'll have good old solid Jack Callis, um, who, yeah, you know, he wasn't. Absolutely incredible in the tournament, but again, he got 50 in the semi, runs and wickets. I don't even know how many. I'm going to have a look. Um, but he was always solid. Yeah, eight wickets and got a few runs, I'm sure. 
somewhere. Anyway, yeah, Callis at four, he'll do. And he, he actually, he all, he played really well in the semi-final until Warren came back from that last over and um, got him out, which was yet another key moment. Um, I could leave my keeper. Uh, yeah, I, I am actually... Mm, yeah, I'm going to have Roger Twos as well, actually, because he's probably the closest to Bevan, I think, in the tournament. Um, as Jonathan said, he got uh, played really well against Australia and... Um, yeah, he's just probably the second best finish in the tournament and the best one's gone. Played really well for Warwickshire for ages and then went to um, qualified for uh, New Zealand, obviously. Yeah, I'm just looking at his record here. So 318 runs at 80 um, in the tournament. Strike rate 75, which is fine in those days. Um, so, yes, he, I think, in fact, apart from Steve War, no middle order batsman got more runs in the tournament. Uh, Bevan, obviously, because he didn't bat as much, and, but he won games when he needed to. But yeah, so twos, he batted five for New Zealand, but that's fine. He can bat six. And I can bat deeper because Johnson bowls, and by God, I need to bat deep with that bottom three. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Sensible play. Johnson, Ponting, Callis, Steve Watt was Mushtaq, Allett, and McGrath. Uh, okay, Andrew. Um, right. And right, Sachin, Dravid, Bevan, Warm, Akram, and Sure, but it's not bad, you know. But still, four gaps to fill. Now then, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go slightly off piste, only slightly, because you know he's he's one of the great what ifs of all time. But Graham Hick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust that Graham Hick in a in a in a loving, caring environment, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, a, I'm gonna be a very good team manager, and I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna give give him all the. All, all the all of the security blankets he needs to to be the be the 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 bullish destroyer of attacks that this lineup needs, but sticking him in at four and just trusting him to be the best version of himself, I, I think he could he could have gone he could have gone astronomical in that tournament. It was it was his time. He'd come off the back of a formative tour of Australia. He got three hundreds in a row or three hundred and four innings and a sixty six not out in between whiles in on the on the tour of Australia. Previous winter, um, he'd got a massive hundred in 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 the grumpy game against uh, Sri Lanka in, in Adelaide when um, when one of the greatest ODIs of all time. So he 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 was perfectly capable of of fronting up in in the heat of the moment, and he started the tournament bloody well. He, he got seventy three not out in the opener at Lords when you know England didn't mm. have much to chase, but still needed to do it, and he did it fine. Then sixty one not out against Kenya. So after and then when he got out got out for 21 against South Africa at the Oval, England was still on course to, to qualify, as discussed earlier. So he was averaging, what, what, what would that make him average? He was averaging about 140 after after three matches of the tournament. And then it all went to shit, as you can imagine. And um, yeah, four against Zimbabwe and then a first baller against India on, on the day that England bombed out. But, you know, that can happen to anyone. Um I just wonder what might have been if England had got to the Super Sixes with Hick, broadly speaking, looking like he was he was the world beater that everyone thought he still could become at that at that stage of his career. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll have one for the what ifs there. Yeah, I like I like a bit of that, I like a bit of mystery and um, counterfactual in the uh, the draft. That that works for me. Um, okay, Jonathan. Ganguly, Mark Wall, Gibbs, Moyne, Klusner, Goff and Donald. Maybe a couple of balls in your middle order to sort out. Uh, your yeah, two goals yeah. here. Just a quick point about Rob's team. No one's paying to go and watch that middle order. 
Callis, Steve, or Roger Toos. Oh, yeah, they're, they're paying to watch their team win rather than <laughs> some idiot. Some idiot hit twenty off four balls and then get out. Yeah, yes, yes. I, I know that certain people on this in this group have views on watching Callis back. God, you're not wrong. I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. You're um, not wrong about Callis. <laughs> Steve War. Steve War was slog sweeping quick for six. So I'll have that. But you're right. It's not. Um, yeah. I will. I will just expand on that point. Watching Jack Callis score the most bloodlessly boring century against West Indies in West Indies time zone on a Saturday <laughs> when I'm in my mid twenties when I'd rather be going out having fun was the worst day of my life. <laughs> and then I got barred from our own our own bar in in, in downstairs in, in our in our building because um, they were having a private party. So you do not know what it's like to waste your Saturday watching Jack Callis bat. It was oh, yeah geez. I don't think I've ever been more cross in my life. I'm now paranoid about my particularly as a, my potential way of solving the opener wicketkeeper problem was Ridley Jacobs, who got average strike rate of about 40 in the tournament. Jesus. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I'm really, I'm really told, I'm desperate, <coughs> desperate to get Henry Alonga in my team because I just remember that game when he won against, oh, India. Yeah, against India. And I, I remember watching it and I was in a bar, you know, I was at university watching it and it was just the whole celebration and it was just such a great late spell. Well, great deliveries against good players and it was, but You've got Sean. No one's picked Sean Pollock, and like he, he didn't have an amazing tournament apart no, from the five for in the semi. No, I wouldn't true. pick him at all. <laughs> Is that, that's, that's, sorry, sorry, that's a question from somebody who desperately needs a number eight. By the way, can I just say yeah. right through that? Um, actually, I'm going to go with what Miller's just said. I'm going to go back to England. And I'm going to put Thorpey at five, actually, because um, Thorpey, I know he had some very small amount yeah. of runs, but he did. He was the one England player in that India game, which obviously we all famously remember. Got England knocked out. He was the only one who looked like he knew what he was doing, and he was going to try and win us the game. And he got he got a terrible LBW. Yeah, um, I'm and Thorpe was yeah. He's just for me. He's the perfect ODI number five. Literally, the, just the perfect one. Do you, I mean, do you not, think five, not four? Um, in I that thought, era, I mean. Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot because you know we, when we were talking about our England team, we actually ended up with what Stuart Hickthorpe as our three to five. I know, obviously, mm. it was actually Hickthorpe. Um, no, I'm going to leave him at five for now, I think, actually. Who, yeah. was, who was England's... Oh, it's Fairbrother was five in the actual tournament. Fairbrother was five, yeah. It was so one too many. Fairbrother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but yeah, actually, we, th th we were saying it probably should have been Stuart Hickthorpe, actually should have been the, the order, but because England could have really sorted out their openers. But, yeah, I'm, I'll have Thorpe at five. Go on. And your second pick, you got a double here. Right. Oh, oh sorry. Apologies. I Well, if that's the case, then I... Where the spinner is just a shambles, isn't it? Sorry. Um, oh, go on. Let's just get Henry Alonga in there. Come on. Get him in at nine. I'll, I'll have Henry. Who's taking a new ball for you? You've got a hell of a lot of um, first change <coughs> bowlers or second change. Uh, well, at the right now, it would be Goffy, obviously, probably with uh, with Alonga. But I, 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 to be honest, I, I can't say I studied Alonga's career so much that I knew where where, where he wanted to come <laughs> on. So uh, I know Donald. Donald obviously definitely was the first change. Of course, he was, as he preferred that. And Klusner obviously uh, coming on as a change. Um, so you could open Mark, with your spinner. <laughs> my, my spinner currently is Mark War, of course. Actually, but did, uh, any, uh, did any spinners uh, open this tournament? I know, obviously, we had Dipak Patel and. In '92, I, I can't. think they would have done so. Uh, well, I guess like English conditions, you'd be able to be a proper maverick, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Go on, I'll get I get Henry in there just because he was such an icon. I just think he was one of the icons of this World Cup. 
No, that's that's absolutely fair enough. You have two spaces to go, Andrew. You have three, um, six, seven, and ten currently. Yeah. Where are you going to go? Hmm. Well, seeing as no one wants him, and all he did was get a five for in a semi-final, of all things, I'm going to have Sean Pollock because he got a five for in a semi-final. <laughs> so yeah. It feels feels um feels like a like a shot to nothing really especially especially as i'm quite content with the the balance of my side and he, he adds a bit to both and more than just a bit with the ball so uh i'm it's intriguing though i might have to shove my order down i might have a, god i'm looking like having acram at 10 at this rate um which is a bit random um maybe i will maybe i'll push maybe i'll have yeah i might have to push akram and warn down of down a notch and have um have sean pollock at eight i reckon um, possibly a floating, floating middle order, depending on whether they need a bit of solidity mm. or a bit of tonking. But um, but yeah, um, that looks quite tidy. But I mean, you know, again, he was he was he was a world beater. Um, and as you say, yeah, he didn't have didn't have the greatest tournament. But uh, you know, bowling Australia out in that semi final, it, it should have been should have been the route to route to glory that one, wasn't it? But um, we all know what happened next. It wasn't his fault. He did. He did his job. So yeah, Paul at one, Akram and Shob. That's um, that's got something about it. Rob, I can see you twitching there. You've got two. Oh, two we're still carrying on with this. Well, you, yeah, we still are. Yeah, you, you, you've, you've got two choices, and you have three left. You you still need an opener. You still need a worker keeper, and seven and eight. Yeah. This is the worst to get assembled by mile. Lord. Okay, I need an entertaining batsman, so I'm going to open with Nasser Singh. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> he actually he had an okay tournament. We all know the story. Nick Knight was dropped at the last minute when he shouldn't have been. England panicked. Nasser did okay. A bit like Hick, he made runs when it didn't matter rather than when it did, but um, <laughs> Rick Jacobs. So I'll come back to my wicket keeper and my number eight. I need a a middle overs bowler. So I'm gonna have I'm talking to Azamamu and Abdul Razak. I'm gonna go for um Razak because he got more runs in the tournament. They, they both have really good taunts for the ball, lots of wickets cheaply in the middle overs. But Razak also got a 60 when they beat Australia. Um and he actually backed three in this tournament for most of his career. Pretty much all the best work in his career was done six, seven, eight. So he kind of gives you a bit of insurance against that shambles or lower order, but also is a very kind of crafty middle over as wicket taker, which because everyone remembers Wazim and Shoaib and Saklane, of course they were the stars, but actually Azza and Abdul Razak were, were equally important. Um, and that's why they kept bowling teams out until obviously the final when they, Back first and made a fool of fools of themselves. Um, so yes, I will have him just look at those numbers 13 wickets, 23 economy rate 3.92. That's really good, even in that era. So yes, he will do. And Mahmoud, just interestingly, was 13 at 27, economy rate four, but he was really important as well. I don't know why I'm still mm. saying that because 100 could pick him potentially, but anyway. Okay, so plenty of fireworks in that, that, that button lineup there. Um, Jesus, what a team. The, the boycott of um, ODIs. Uh, okay, one to go. And for you, we'll get back eventually. Uh, Andrew, you've just got six and seven to, to deal with. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I swear, I, I swear, this isn't a response to what, what Rob just said. But I have got, 
I'm I've got such a nice balance, especially as I have to pick a wicket keeper that I can have a shot to nothing. So I'm going to have I'm going to have Azim Mahmood. Uh, I'll put him at seven because he was again he was just something different. I mean, you know, he's still he's still one of the great bowling coaches in white ball cricket now. He he just had a he had a a game brain and and an understanding of the mechanics of white ball cricket as no one called it back then that I think was above and beyond what a lot of players uh, could offer even today. I mean, he, he, he wasn't as express quick, but he had all the tricks. He, he just, yeah, he, he knew how to, how to bowl his variations and when to bowl them and he could tonk it too. So um, he, he would be a really handy guy to, to have as a, as a change bowler through the middle and you know, at the start, at the top, start of the tail that is going to wag all the way down. Um, happy to give him license to, Spanking, especially as I say, with with guys like Bevan and and Dravid going deep with the bat at the other end, I'm I'm feeling pretty happy about this. As well, you should, Jonathan. You can complete your team though. Um, you need a four and an eight as it stands. Uh, so you get two two to go right now to to finish this off. Sure. So at four, I'm going to go for Inzi. Um, so that should hopefully nice. finish off my 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 lineup. Um, I was just looking. Yeah, you did all right. Two hundred fifty four runs. No big score, no 100, but a couple of good innings. Um, and he, again, I remember him being consistently excellent. Now, this is number eight. So, just to clarify, do I need to have a specialist spinner here? No. 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 you on a flatty. No, you've got Mark Ward. Yeah, no, because I'm thinking this World Cup was in May and early June in England. Yeah, fair so enough. I, yeah. I'm actually thinking, yeah, with Mark Ward's going to turn his arm over. I mean, I've just got so much batting and bowling depth already. Just, it always goes well when you can do that spin, I say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I had, I had a name. I, I was just... Oh, that's right. I was thinking no one's picked Kumble if I was going to go for a spinner. And he can bat a bit, just in case. I'm certainly not going for... Well, I'm also very tempted. Do you know what? I'm going to do it. Gavin Hamilton. Get him in there. Nah. Oh, hello. <laughs> what, why not? Wow. Come on, no, I need my... You get my I'm going to tip the hat to Martin. Yeah, I'm going to put yeah, Gavin Hamilton you. in there. Come on. Come on. So, uh, Jonathan's team then. Uh, Ganguly, Mark Wall, Gibbs, Enzi, Thorpe, Moen, Klusner, uh, the wonderful Gavin Hamilton, Henry Alonga, Dan Goff, and Alan Donald, whom I had seen just a year before in that famous game at Trent Bridge. Um, stared down Michael Atherton, but that is another story. Um, okay, that, that looks that looks very good. Andrew, how are you completing your team who's just, coming in. Just on just on Gavin Hamilton, though, it is worth reiterating that he was the leading run scorer among British players at that tournament, which is well, just well, preposterous. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he and he bowled as well. I mean, he, he did everything right to get himself an England call up and then obviously played in Joburg, uh, got got a pair, got no wickets. Did he even drop a catch and take one? I don't know, but um, yeah, never played again. Uh, it ruined him getting getting picked by England, but for that brief window, he was he he was uh, he was a household name. So uh, fair play to him. Um, I I have got I've got a decision now. I've got I've got depth. I've got bowling. I'm happy with that five man attack. In those days, five five bowlers was ample. I got hit to bowl a bit of spin if needs be. So and Bevan's Bevan's um, left armour. So what the hell? Uh, if if it's if a sudden suddenly comes out, I'm covered for spin. Um, but I think I'm going to go a bit left field again because I feel like I've got coverage elsewhere. I'm going to go for Jadeja because he was a massive great biffer who just tonked it in the middle order 
and um, he could launch it for many a mile. And sometimes when the ball's swinging, all you want to do is launch it. So, um, yeah, let's have it. He he got, from memory, a huge 100 against uh, against Australia, wasn't it? Um, I don't think he did mm. much else in the tournament, but that just laid down laid down a marker. I don't think he even won that game, but it just it just showed the danger that he possessed. And obviously, uh, he disappeared uh, off the face of the earth for nefarious reasons a few years later. But that doesn't change the fact mm. that uh, he was a uh, he was a big unit who could launch it. And um, uh, I'm always up for one of them. Okay, so that completes yours, Anwar Tindilkar, Dravid Hick, Bevan Jadeja, Mahmoud Pollock, Warm Akram, Shoab Akhtar, my word. Rob, how are we? How are we completing this um, brave new world? <laughs> the, the, the other thing I was noticing about this team, as well as this uh, wonderful middle classical middle order, is there's a lot of attitude in your top three as well. Johnson, NASA, Ponting as a top three. There's no, there'll be no lack of verbals early on in your list, I think. But uh... okay, so my wicketkeeper is going to be, um, and again, I just need to add a bit of firepower. So I'm going to add a man whose strike rate in the tournament was 50. Um, Ridley Jacobs of West Indies. So they went out in the first group stage, but I'll just talk you through his scores. 25 against Pakistan, 51 against Bangladesh, 80 not out against New Zealand, 49 not out against Australia. He averaged over 100. Let's not dwell on this strike rate. But actually, his strike rate is partly because he got 49 of 150 odd balls against Australia. And the reason for that is everyone else collapsed. So he was kind of trying to hold it together a bit like Ben Stokes against Sri Lanka in this World Cup. So, yes, now he opens, but I've got a wild card swap in mind. So for now, he's at number seven. But it's bad news for NASA, I'm afraid. Hmm. I think I know who you're going to do. So, uh, Johnson, uh, Hussein, Ponting, Carlos Ward, was Jacobs, uh, Razak, Mushtaq, Alec McGrath. I mean, it's good, good attack for sure. Okay, so that's us done. Um, you're allowed one wild card before I ask you to just confirm your order and pick a captain. Rob, would you like to swap anyone with someone that hasn't yeah. been used? I am going to drop NASA, sorry. Um, but I do actually need a six hitter, and um, only three people in the tournament hit more sixes than. Oh, so Jacobs goes to opener. Sorry, Ricky Jacobs. Ooh, um, funky. And only three people in the tournament hit more sixes than Thomas Adoyo of Kenya, um, <laughs> who could bowl a bit as well. I'll just read you his scores. 28 of 20 against Zimbabwe, 34 not out of 32 against England, 39 of 55 against India with two sixes, Golden Duck against South Africa, 16 not out of nine against Sri Lanka. He also took seven wickets, fairly cheap, including three for against um, Sri Lanka. So I kind of need a, so he would go to seven, Adoyo. So I need a, basically someone, there, were, there weren't many, apart from Clues, obviously, there weren't many players who got runs at seven and eight in this tournament. Um, yeah, people like Chris Harris, Tom Moody. Tom Moody's numbers are brilliant, but he hardly batted or bowled. Essentially, he was there to kind of, he was brought into the team to kind of keep everyone happy, and he did a great job. But I think Adoyo, yeah, I need, I mean, with that middle order, like they're going to ball the hell out of everyone. So I need Adoyo and Razak can hit sixes um, at the death. So I'll go for them. And that gives me five seam. Yeah, one, two, three. Mm. Yeah, five good seam, five good seamers, and a world class spinner. So. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Johnson, Jacobs, Ponting, Callis, Steve Waters, Adoyo, Razak, Mushtak, Alla, and McGrath. Who's your captain, Rob? Um, Steve War. Of course. Good luck with that, mate. <laughs> yeah. 
Andrew, any last-minute changes? So, last-minute changes. The, I'm just just scanning down the, the the leading players in the tournament. The only person in the top twenty odd players who who we of batsmen we've not we've not picked up. Mark War. Mark War's been over. No, uh, which John John uh, took him. Did he? Oh, there he is. Oh, there we go. That's so all of the, there we go. All of the all of the top players have been bagged. So I've got no one to no one to sub in really. I. Happy? No, if he's if he's gone, then um, I don't think don't even think I wanted him to be honest. He's not even the best player in his family. So, uh, <laughs> so um, no, I, I'm very I'm very happy with my lineup. I, I I will I will take that, and I think I I'm going to stick with my original instinct. Shane Warne is going to captain this happy mob. Good. I wouldn't um I wouldn't have picked them because they went out of the group stage. But can I just read you Walsh and Ambrose's stat? So yes. Um, Five games, Courtney Walsh, 11 wickets at 9.81, economy rate 2.29. Ambrose, 7 at 13.42, economy rate 2.35. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Now, partly that was for two reasons. One, because they, they butchered the minnows and also because Australia's go slow. But even so, their numbers are ridiculous. That was in that period where an Ambrose was bowling kind of 75 miles per hour leg spin. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was quite interesting. They were the thriftiest bowlers in the tournament. Um yeah. Okay. Jonathan, any last minute changes in wildcard or order? Um, well, the, the batting order is fine. I was just thinking on the changes. Rob's interesting. I'm, I'm now tempted to bring Walsh in for a longer, or, and please don't get upset, Martin, potentially Chris Cairns in for Hamilton. For Hamilton. Chris Cairns has actually had a quietly decent tournament. Yeah, he did. He got runs against but, Australia again, which is a big thing. But Ham- Gavin Hamilton has outscored him with runs. The question is. We're being honest, Kenzie is he's, he's a hell of a cricketer. Hamilton had the better tournament, I think, personally. Cairns, though, you're right, he was in good form. This is the summer when he makes that famous eight yeah. when he, which wins them this series in England. Mm. Um, but yeah, Cairns, because his stats aren't amazing, but if you look at the timing of his contributions, it's pretty good. He's not number sure. eight, though. Uh, no, true, true. Actually, I tell you what, I'll, I'll stick with my team because I want to. I want to be able to tip my hat to just the players that I remember at the time. So, along yeah. and Hamilton. And who's going to captain? It's going to be Saurav, the best wind-up merchant at cricket. In cricket. <laughs> I can't wait for him and Warney at the toss. That will be an mm. absolute cracker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, him so and War, on the other hand, got him famously, of course. Well, well exactly. Yeah, the, in fact, all the three. The, yes, the captain's conference. How much a war born? Uh, we've got three very good teams, gentlemen. No, we have the... <laughs> <laughs> Well, two very good teams and, and, and one one decent one. We, we, the, the... <laughs> it's, one it's one for the purists, I think. So we should, we, uh, certainly should, is. We, should we discuss each other's teams briefly or defend our own teams? Or... Yeah. Well, so, when you go, I mean... Uh... Well, when so mine go, is obviously a shambles, but... Um... <laughs> I do think the attack is really good, not just the quality of them, but the kind of balance. So you've got McGrath, Allen, Newball, Rosak and Mooksaklo were two of the best mid-lowers bowlers. McGrath at the death, Allen probably at the death, whoever. Neil Johnson, you know, no one would think much of him, but he was one of the stars of the tournament. Um, and by God, he'll need to be. Um, Callis and Steve War, you know, not much style, a lot of substance. Twos, again, was the second best finisher in the tournament. Third best finisher of Clues. I kind of don't think of Clues as a finisher because he was something else entirely. Um, but yeah. Yeah, something went wrong somewhere. 
Do we, uh, Andrew, Jonathan, any any comments that we haven't already shared uh, about I think, Rob's? I think it's been quite um, enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're yeah, just saying a great, fantastic attitude, top three. And uh, look, what I will say is that middle order, okay, we might talk about the style, but for mental strength, Ponting, Callis, Steve Warrior, if, they, if it gets mm. tight, that, that three might just get you through, I would think. Yeah, but the tail falls away. It looks, it looks uh, yeah. I, I, if I, if I was not terrible. Captain, if I was Saki could... captain, I would know, know where I'm targeting targeting that team. Saki could at least hold up an end for someone. The, the problem is there aren't exactly any budding clues in there to do damage while he no. does. But, you know, maybe, maybe Adoyo and Saki could see us over the line in a tight finish. Rob, what are your thoughts on Andrew and Jonathan's? Let's start with Jonathan. He, he, he had the the favourable draw. He did the first, first choice. So three openers in one day cricket. Maybe. Um, Personally, I would have that six, seven, eight differently. I'd have Hamilton six, Moen seven, Clues at eight, but depending on circumstances. Obviously, you don't want to bring him too late like South Africa did. There's no new, there aren't enough, if I was being really pedantic, which obviously I am, there aren't enough new ball bowlers, I don't think. Um, but no, it's a pretty good team, isn't it? I mean, the, the power at the death, Klusner and Moen is is probably the biggest strength, I would say. Plus the middle overs bowling of um, Donald Klusner. The Opener's a pretty good. Mark Watt didn't have an amazing tournament. He got 100, but was it against a weaker team, possibly, or not? Saurav, most of his runs were against Sri Lanka, who weren't great. Um, but, I mean, you, th- there's no outstanding opener in this tournament, really. You can make an argument for or against mm. about seven of them. You know, like, I, in some ways, I think Gibbs was the best because, like, he scored a brilliant 100, and he, he was back beautifully in the semi-final. Uh, and it took one of one's greatest deliveries to bowl him and kind of change the course of that game but obviously he's remembered for the drop catch yeah it's a pretty good team um yeah clue yeah clues in a moment card i mean that but on 99 form that's brutal at the end mm. you happy jonathan no i am absolutely i think i was just saying about gibbs i always remember an interview that i think he gave he gave and where he said somebody asked him at one point around this time whether he'd ever consider himself being captain in South Africa. He said, absolutely no chance. I'm not, I'm not bright enough. I'm too thick. He said himself, I always thought with Gibbs, it was almost a case of he, because he was, he didn't take things at all seriously. didn't think too much. He was actually the player for South Africa who stood up when it mattered because mm. it was almost like the pressure didn't really get him because he wasn't really mm. thinking about it that much. So he yeah. got the hundred in the final group game. As Rob said, he, he looked, he didn't really look bothered in that semi-final. He got he done amazing. by an unbelievable delivery. And even if you throw it forward to that incredible, the famous chase when they chased down 400 plus Gibbs was at the center of that. And even in 03, actually, when South Africa were at home at the World Cup and had a total collapse, he was the one player who didn't collapse at that World Cup. Great numbers again. He's it was slightly just, it was underrated, like, isn't he? Yeah, historically, I possibly agree. because it's... people didn't like him, and possibly because of correct the correct. um yeah the, the drop catch. Yeah, but but all of that top the top three especially can all play big shots, and then I think Indy and Thorpe were a real class act in the middle order for me. It's like, it's like the old fashioned go big in the first fifteen in the middle in a ninety nine style middle middle overs. You just bat properly, get the singles, and then you go big again at the end. And I think that that one to seven is able is able to do that. Okay, I mean, obviously the, the learned public will make the final judgment, but to me, to me, Andrews does look pretty formidable. All he needs is Gavin Hamilton in there to just to really <laughs> that job. I, I presume yeah. you're happy, Andrew. Yeah, I, I am. I'm very happy actually. I mean, it, I mean, it, 
obviously the the tradition the tradition around that time as you say was was pinch hitters at the top but actually the way this tournament panned out what you really needed was proper players at the top proper batters who would just mm-hmm. see through the tough times with the new ball and Anwar Tendulkar Dravid at the top there I'm I'm comfortable that at least one and probably two of those would make it through the first 15 overs build a proper platform and then you've got the opportunity there for Hicks to be what we know he could have been uh, Jadeja could bomb it and as I say that that middle order with Mahmood and Warren and that gram etc the tail can can launch into and then there's Michael Bevan is the insurance policy for me I mean you know, in some ways, you might stink it out a bit if uh, if, we, if we don't just need him nudging singles and and, and holding it up. I want I want I want this team to target world records. You know, I reckon mm. they can go big. <laughs> but no, I, I'm I'm very happy. And the only I suppose the only thing is, uh, have I got I've got a lot of all rounders there. Do I have enough pure bowling? I think I probably do, to be perfectly honest. But it's five bowlers, not not six necessarily. Mm. That, shouldn't, that shouldn't matter. Sixth is probably Hick. Um, well, then he's going to go. Yeah, exactly. That's ah. probably my, my one weak link. If one of if Mahmood has a bad day, which you know I don't think he would, but especially in those conditions, again in the nineteen ninety conditions with the ball hooping round corners and one turning on anything, I think I would trust that lineup to to do more than just more than just uh, enough to to keep us competitive. Tendulkar yeah, could bowl a bit. Tendulkar used to yeah, bowl when he was younger years. The other thing I would say about that lineup, the bowling attack is sensational. You probably yeah, would only yeah. need to get two twenty on the board, and you'd be pretty confident to defend that. It's paradoxically the strongest and the weakest because the sixth bowl is the weakest, but the, yeah, the, the main part of it, particularly the, the bottom three, and Mahmood are in the tournament as well. My one criticism would be that well, Dravid is a risk as keeper. There are a hell of a lot of hit and miss players in that order, so Tendulkar didn't get any runs under pressure when it mattered. Nor did Hick, um, and yeah, I know I'm being um Jadeja was he did actually but it was really hit and miss but you kind of got Bevan holding it together Anwar I think got 200s but not much else so you're <laughs> right you probably you might be at like 400 and then 160 but Be- Bevan's so good around that though of course because and I suppose the other thing is you bat by far the deepest of all of us yeah. I mean Wazim at 10 is pretty good yeah Dravid at three yeah. is interesting. Dravid as keeper is an interesting one um but I mean, he did, yeah, he did it once in the tournament. He did, like you say, he did it quite a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good team. Definitely. I also think that attack, I don't think a team would at any point feel safe because any point, Shoeb or Warren or Wazim could take four for four yeah, for five. Exactly. You know, the thing is, you could, the team could be cruising at 160 for one chasing and be all out 190 easily. One yeah, thing, you know, so. what, one thing I think interesting, you said you both have had clues in the first. I'd have had Warren all day. Really? Man the, man the match in the semi and the final. Now, Clues has yeah, played the tournaments. You mad. can argue both ways, but I would have had Warren all day, definitely. Um, not, not that, and that isn't in any way to diminish Clues because he was absolutely astonishing. But I just like that tournament. I just, I think, of three players really Warren, Clues, and to a lesser extent, Steve Warb. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. It's, it's interesting how many of these drafts we do about tournaments where moments matter and, and it, it, it isn't always about consistency. You could break down the numbers and we, we didn't even have to talk about this. You could just um, have a top trumps, but it's people standing up absolutely yeah. in the, the, the kind of key moments. And he, he certainly did. Um, it's been a pleasure just to sit back and watch far nicer actually than having to <laughs> and think. Um, thank you, Rob. Cheers, lad. That was good fun. Despite the, 
the draw may be the draw may be gained on next. Genuinely, normally I come away from these thinking, well, my team's clearly the best, even if it doesn't win. Yeah. I can promise you that today I do not think that. Then you blame you blame the great British public for um not, not agreeing with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Rob. Thank you, Andrew. Great pleasure. No, I enjoyed that. I, I, I've had half an, hour, half an hour in the real World Cup in the background, which uh, is going all right. Pakistan yeah, yeah. building a platform. They might get 300. So, uh, game on. We need them to. Mm. Yes. <laughs> uh, and Jonathan, we have, we have a saying up here. I don't know if it translates all the way, but um, if someone's excited there, they're buzzing like a broken fridge. Uh, I don't know if your poor old laptop <laughs> is in that, 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 that kind of territory. I hope you, you get it fixed soon. But it's been a pleasure to, to have you on. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you very much. Cheers. And we'll be back in some other format um, and some other draft very soon. Until then, bye for now.